Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, February eighteenth, two thousand twenty-two, and I appreciate you being with me. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm always glad to be here. Every time I do the show, I kind of enjoy it. I love listening to the questions and talking about them. And you know, this is what I like to do. So, appreciate you being with me. I really do. I will always give you unbiased answers. That's for sure. And I will try my best to be as forthright as possible. Okay, with all the facts and information at my fingertips. Now, sometimes I don't have all the information, and when I look at things quickly, I'm not, I can't get too in depth in the particular stock if you're asking about it. But I can give you, I can give you accurate information. Well, it should be obvious by now that you know, in life, you know, we all have to worry about our finances, right? And we all have to worry about our financial future and plan for the long term. Many of us do not do that, but we have to. You have to. When you get 50, 55 years old and then you decide to get serious about it, you are really behind the eight ball there, you know, and, it, and it's hard to save a lot of money very quickly and invest it and make it worthwhile. The earlier you start, the easier it is, really easy. In your 20s, it's easy to get up a million, two million, three million dollars by the time you're 65. Pretty darn easy, but... As you get older, it gets more difficult. And of course, now, you know, everything goes in cycles. So now we're in a pretty volatile type of cycle in the market. We're in a time where the interest rates are going to be rising, where the Federal Reserve says they're going to raise rates. And, you know, inflation is getting out of control. We haven't seen that in a long time. And things are different. Things are changed. You can't, two years ago, five years ago, you can't invest with the same mindset. you got to change. And a lot of people are not going to change, and they're going to get hurt. Or that this, this show is to help you with that, help you with that change. But of course, a lot of you want answers to specific questions or specific situations. We'll be we'll do that too. So give me a call. I'm ready to talk to you now? We're this is Invest Talk. We're open every day, Monday through Friday, four to five Pacific time. We're live. Okay, and of course, we always start with our same mission statement, and that is independent thinking and share success. Meaning, we'll give you accurate information. We'll share everything we have with you. So uh, I'm waiting, wanting, and willing, willing to take your calls. Our number is the same. It always is the same, whether it's live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, or you can call anytime after hours and still leave a question. And the number is 888-99-CHART. 
888-992-4278. So let's get right to the first listener line question. Hey, Justin and Steve, Jared in North Carolina. Listen to the show all the time. I wanted to get your thoughts on energy transfer. The ticker symbol is ET. Still an energy play. Seems like it's priced you know, pretty fair at these values. Just wanted to get your thoughts on a good entry point. Thank you. Love the show. Great. Appreciate it. Energy uh, engaged in, uh, this is ET, energy transfer, engaged in natural gas midstream liquid transportation and storage in the United States. So they pay, these kind of companies pay a very nice dividend. That's usually what their, 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 their forte is, the dividend. It is a limited partnership, so you might get a 1099, you want to check into that, or a K-1, you want to check into that very closely because and understand what you're going to be involved there. They're going to make a dollar twenty-one this year uh, per share. Next year, a dollar thirty-two. Okay, uh, and it's a ten dollar and five cent stock, so it's you know well under uh, ten PE. I mean, uh, probably like an eight PE or so, seven eight. Um, let's see, sales are really good. Uh, it's a twenty-seven billion dollar company. They do almost well, the most recent quarter. They did eighteen billion dollars in sales. So the, it's a pretty strong uh, company. Uh, they do have a lot of debt. I would probably look into that to see what kind of debt. What is what's debt for? What happened? Why do you have so much debt? Management owns thirteen percent of a company of a twenty-seven billion dollar company. That's pretty. That's pretty strong management ownership. And mutual funds are net buyers. So now, is this a, where, where's a good place to buy? Is it a good place to buy now? Well, I think you might be a little late. Uh, looks like it's going to hit resistance right around ten dollars and fifty cents up to eleven dollars. So it's going to have a hard time getting through that. Uh, so I, I would probably wait for a pullback. I mean, uh, what back in uh, December they were eight. $8 a share. Okay, now it's uh, 10 But you basically buy this for the dividend, really what you want to buy. Good luck with it. I hope it works for you. My focus point today is based on a story behind this perspective, five surefire signs of a stock market bubble. Stock market bubbles are very difficult to, very difficult to recognize. Why you're in it is difficult. Is a market a bubble, or do we have any bubblish... Uh, things going on in our market right now? There will be no trivia question today because it's Friday, and as you know, I usually give highlights of the KPP Premium Newsletter on Fridays. Now to come up about about halfway through the program. Other topics I want to talk about. I still want to talk about inflation because I think uh, I still think we want to talk about it, and I, I want to talk about it a little bit different, not just the numbers out there, but what happens in other inflationary periods we've dealt with? Um, existing home sales jumped today, I want to, uh, as they reported today anyways, for January. And um, where, will, where will rates go, interest rates? You know, we know that they're rising. You know, the, the 30-year mortgage is near 4% now. That's been a long time since we've seen that. But where will they go? Well, We'll explore that a little bit. Those are things I'd like to talk about, but of course, you come first. 
Not me, you. What do you guys want to talk about? The market was down again today. I think, what, that five out of the six days, last six days, five days it was down. Uh, Dow was down 233, NASDAQ down 169, and SP down 31. So not a very good day again. Now, it's not tremendously bad. It's just not, you know, when when will this weakness go away? And I, I think you need to prepare yourself mentally for a pretty choppy year. The whole year is not going to be, you know, what we've seen in the previous years. I just don't think it is. Okay, Justin and I are grateful for your podcast support and our free downloads will continue. I want to make you aware of two other ways you can find our material unbiased guidance here. InvestTalk has a YouTube channel and an Instagram following. We're building out more content on both platforms. So go to the YouTube or Instagram and search InvestTalk. Remember, two T's, Invest Talk. Just please tell your friends about us. The Invest Talk phone lines are open, 888 99Chart. The market is constantly changing, and you've got to be ready to react. You'll have questions. Steve and Justin have answers. The Invest Talk Anytime listener line never closes. 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Craig, who is in Seattle. Hi, Craig. Hey, how you doing, Steve? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Yeah, absolutely. You and I have actually emailed back and forth a couple of times. Cool. Um, so my portfolio is pretty heavily weighted toward value. Uh, my, my primary holdings are small cap value, have been for years. And then uh, uh, all of my large cap value exposure is in BTV. And I'm looking to expand that and diversify beyond that. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at RPV, SPYV, and VONV, and also VYM. And I'm really just wondering, what are the primary things I should be looking at, considering all of my weighting is in VTV right now? Should I be looking more at diversification outside of what VTV has? Because, like, VONV has 98% of what VTV already right, has right. is in VONV. Right. Um, uh, but it, it, what are the most, what are the highest weighted things I should be looking at in terms of uh, making a decision on how to expand that exposure without just putting more in VTV? Okay, good question. VTV is Vanguard Value, everybody, and all those uh, I think Craig are, are Vanguard funds. You were you listening, were, were they not? Uh, no, RPV is Invesco, okay. the S and P five hundred value. Uh, uh, SPYV is Spider, right. and then VONV is their Vanguard. Uh, it's got like nine hundred uh, equities in it, I think, okay. and BTV only has about four hundred. So, yeah. So everybody, I, the reason why I said that, because I, I know Vanguard's ETFs, mutual funds, always start with a V. A v is in Victor, and so that's. I, I thought that were that. The, my mistake. Uh, ETF, this one they have, VTV, Vanguard Value ETF, uh, seeks to track the performance of the U.S. Large Cap Value Index, which measures the investment return. So you're in the large cap value on this one. What I might suggest is two areas that you could concentrate on, and that would be dividends, and they would probably be, you'll probably have a number of overlapping with this one. Because usually the big companies are the ones who pay dividends. But I'm telling you, uh, I'm thinking you need to focus on getting that dividend. To, and that would be a safer part of the market. And do you have any commodity exposure in any of your ETFs? You know? 
No, I might. I've, I've got uh, quite a bit of VTI, and I've got quite a bit of VT as well. So Okay, um, okay VTI you know, is a total VT stock global... market um, uh, and total world, yeah. So I, I would think that there is some commodity ETFs out there. I would definitely have some exposure to that. That will give you a much different part of the market, which I still think will work going forward. I really do. Great, good luck with it. I hope it works for you. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. My focus point today is based on the story behind the the the, the perspective of five sure fire signs of stock market bubble. So five signs of a stock market bubble. Excuse me. A, a bubble is very difficult to recognize when you're in it. Most people don't. Most experts don't. And uh, we'll, we'll go over that, why that happens, because it, it's, it's pretty common. But how do you recognize a bubble? And if you, if you keep your eyes open, you can see signs of it, but you just never know. Bubbles can go very, very long before they pop. You know, so it's hard to try to time anything to do with the market. It's very difficult. But that's what we're going to talk about. That's the biggest thing I want to talk about before the end of the show. Oh, oh, do we have time? Okay, let's take a, let's take a quick look at it right this minute. Okay, um, okay, we know what a bubble is. A bubble is a uh, speculative frenzy in stock prices or any any speculative frenzy. It could be in real estate, which we had in two thousand six, seven, and popped in two thousand eight. It could be in stock prices. It could be in any kind of thing. What what is what you? What you recognize in the stock market is the value, the fundamental value is totally out of whack with the price. The price is so far away from what it, the value of that company is fundamentally. That's when you know you're probably starting to deal with a bubble. Not a first shot. That's not the first sign, though. Number one is a story. The story has captured everybody's imagination. And uh, I, I can think of three of them at the top of my head. The first one I remember being was when biotech was first came aboard and they're going to have the cure for cancer and there was tons of biotech companies that say they're all working on cure for cancer and they'll, they'll have it shortly. Still don't have it, right? And all those biotech companies, tons of them went out of business. A story that captures everybody's imagination. Dot com, okay, is another one. Okay, the story is every is on everybody's mind. Okay, uh, we only have a minute. I, I want to pick this up after the break, so we got to take a break. I'm sorry, everybody. We're, uh, we're, so we got to take this break. It is Friday. The podcast is loaded with content, but I will welcome your questions first. 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. So I want to finish up with the topic I had before, and that was you know recognizing a bubble. And the first thing is, what is a bubble? And we talked about that. That's just where something is super inflated above its basic value but uh, 
usually a, a bubble in a stock will start with stories. Some kind of story was pushing a stock or a sector or something going on. And as I said, I remember, of course, they had the dot com and they had uh, they had the housing bubble. Remember two thousand eight. And usually the prices are are the second one. Prices rise regardless of the news. Even if the news is not good. Everybody's got this in their head, and they just keep running the price. And they can have bad news; it still doesn't affect stock or the house price or the whatever's under bubble. Other assets prices also soar at the same time. So, do you see any of those three things happening? And fourth, this is my favorite: new traders, the people that are in new, uh, say that old investors like me, we don't get it. I heard this personally in 2006, 2007, I can't remember the year, about housing. And I was saying here, house prices were just unreasonable at this point. They were just, just not reasonable at all. And I got lots of feedback from people saying, I'm old-fashioned. I didn't know what I was talking about. And, you know, that's, that's, that's a sure sign of a, a bubble to me. I've seen that twice. In 1999, I had a, a high school graduate nephew who said he's going to make money by uh, being a day trader. He's not going to find a job, not going to go to college. He's just going to day trade stocks. I knew the bubble was in debt because he was he was dumb as a rock. I love him, but he's still dumb as a rock. So those are the kind of signs that you're looking at. Okay, so that's what you want to be. You're trying to look for a bubble. And But it's hard to do anything about it necessarily, even if you recognize it, because the bubbles can go for a long, long time. They really can. Okay, on Friday, I generally take time to do a quick rundown of the key benchmark numbers. Uh, the two-year treasury yield at 1.44%, and a week ago it was 1.5, so it went down. Eight weeks ago, it was 0.64, so it's more than doubled from two months ago. 10-year Treasury, 1.91. Last week, it was 1.91. Uh, two weeks ago, it was 1.91. Four weeks ago, it was 1.72. So, you're having the spread still still shrinking, looks like. Gold price, 1896. Last week, it was 1858. Two weeks ago, it was 1806. So, gold is moving up. Uh, so, it's uh, silver today was 2397. We could go as 23.57, but it's also still moving up. Oil, $91 a barrel, $91.60. Last week, it was 93.88. Most people are saying it's going to go to break 100. It's going to break 100. Some people think it's going to go to two. I don't think so, but you don't know. No one knows. The national average for a gallon of gasoline, $3.52. It was $3.48 last week. And here in California, 472. Okay, up a couple pennies from last week. Hawaii today, gas was 450 per gallon. So, okay, let's fit in another question caller, this time from Hawaii. Uh, hi there, this is Bob from Oahu. And I'm wondering if Russia is imminent to invade Ukraine. Would it not be a smart move to do an inverse ETF and perhaps do a play on PSQ, Papa Sam Quebec, or SH, Sam Hotel? Something that uh, would uh, give you a rather quick profit? 
you would watch and control very closely, but uh, to play the times, just your thoughts. Thank you so much. Those two are shorts. They're, they're ETFs are short the market. The PSQ is shorts the QQQs, okay? Uh, it's, uh, so, and the other one is shorting the S&P 500. So if you feel that the market's going to collapse because of invasion uh, by Russia into Ukraine, that would be a good, that would be a play. But if you take a look at the chart of these things, they, they're, they're long-term going down. So you can only use it as a trade, not as an investment. That would be my suggestion. Uh, and it would be very difficult to time it, but if, if Russia invades Ukraine, I guarantee you the stock market won't like it. I don't, I don't necessarily think it would collapse. I don't think it will do that. But for the at least a day or two, the market will not like it. it, and it really will depend on what we're threatening to do as retaliation here in the United States. Frankly, I think uh, Ukraine is a failed has a failed government, anyways, a vastly corrupt, and so is Russia, by the way. Um, so I, I just don't know what we would do. Maybe we should let Europe handle Ukraine problem. I don't know. Uh, but I just, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a long-lasting effect on our market. Um, the podcast is moving pretty fast, everybody. I will share the highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter in a few minutes. But I'm taking your calls now, 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Friday, the weekend is almost here, and Steve Peasley is on duty now, taking your finance and investment questions live. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin, this is Joe in Greenville, South Carolina. Just wondering about indexing, well, really ETFing, and I'm wondering if a good strategy would be to pick, for example, like the Vanguard, you have large cap growth, large cap value, mid cap growth, 
mid cap value, small cap growth, small cap value, and just investing in these and, you know, every month, every year, kind of just putting money into any of them that are down 10%, 20% and just holding everything for the long term. Do you see any flaws in this strategy? And if so, what are they and what suggestions would you have for somebody that has about a 30 or 40 year investment horizon? I will be listening for your answer on the podcast. Thanks so much. Love the show, guys. Bye. No, I don't see any flaws in that at all. Okay, I don't. I think it's a good way to invest into the market on a consistent basis. Now, these are the things I warn you against. Do not try to time the market. Just continually put money in a dollar-cost averaging basis. Whenever every paycheck, just put more money in or however you're going to do it. Don't try to guess the top or the bottom. Don't. Just put money in. One way, not two ways. Don't ever take it out. Don't readjust. Just put money in. So, uh, and when the market does crash, because it will crash, continually to put money in. Matter of fact, when it does crash, put more money in, not less, not less. And that will scare you, but that's the right thing to do. People freak out at the market right at the bottom. They get out, then they get back in right at the top or three quarters of the way up at the top. Um, and they don't understand why they're not making any money. So don't do that. Don't try to time it. But no, the, I think the the premise is a good one. It is a, it is a very good one. Okay, the KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed tomorrow morning. Uh, the first section, the market conditions section, I explained that we received a full week of economic numbers. There's lots of them. Many were good, some very good. But markets continued their downward fall. With COVID fears fading fast, other potential problems, Russia, inflation, kind of reared their ugly heads. So we're fighting that. We're fighting that issue. Remember the Fed, excuse me, the Fed in the background is going to raise rates. We know that. That's the market that has that as a, a very big headwind. headwind. So at the beginning of the week, the producer price index came out. It was up 1%. That's double the expectation. If that was did that every month, that would be a 12% inflation rate, right? But it, and essentially, our inflation rate is more like 7 Remember, the producer price index is inflation at the producer level. Can they pass it on to us, the consumers? That, And generally speaking, probably yes at this point because we're expecting the inflation to go up so it's easier for them to pass along to us. So that's the way it is. That's how it works. Okay, uh, let's see. Um, the LEI, Leading Economic Indicator, came out for January. It was uh, it went down three-tenths of 1%. Now, this is a reading of 10 different uh, leading indicators. And it usually says, okay, here's the number. If it's below zero, which this one is, minus 0.3%. If it's below zero, that the economy is going to falter three or four months from now. Okay, now the month before it was up. It was up 0.8%. So is one month the 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 one signal, the turnaround? Probably not. You need to see maybe three months in a row where it's getting weaker. So we have one month, and that's that's in, it's in the books. So we'll see if we have the same thing happen next month. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, portfolio management. And, um, 
I mentioned last week's newsletter drove home the importance of an investor's need to understand risk tolerance for market volatilities, you know, because the stock can be very volatile, the market can be very volatile. So this week I talked about the standard deviation. I talked about, you know, how that is computed and what, how do you use it? You know, uh, so it was more of trying to, get you a little bit more in-depth on how to manage a portfolio of stocks and how to analyze a stock, okay? Uh, let's see, Stock Ideas. That company is one of the oldest biotech firms. has grown to become a mega-cap company. It has consistently increased earnings for many years. I really like it, okay? 4P is 11. pays a 3.5% dividend. Also, another company, um, um, it's always, the other company I listed is always overpriced. It always has been, and it's very difficult to get into it, but it's a good company to own, to be part of your portfolio. It's also a big mega cap. Return on equity is 55%. I like them in the teens. So this one's 55%. Here is low debt, pays a small dividend. Two good names, I think, uh, in the newsletter. Okay, finally, Consumer Watch. Purchasing a car in today's market, it's very expensive. The average amount paid for a new car has risen to $45,717, which is $728 more than the average manufacturer's suggested retail price. More, not less, more than the uh, MSRP, okay, which is $44,990. The data comes from Edwin's research, and it's based on transactions in uh, in January of 2022. A year ago, the average amount paid was $2,152 below MSRP. Now it's $728 above. So, kind of interesting, I think. Depressing, actually. Especially for you people who are buying through, trying to get into a new car. But you know what? Buying a used car is just as expensive or more. In fact, it might be, relatively speaking, more expensive. Anyways, let's keep moving. Let's go back to Invest Talk Voice Bank. 888-99-CHART. Yes, I was wondering about mobile telecom, Mary, Baker, Tom. I know it's a Russian company, and you probably wouldn't have anything to do with it, but notice that it's starting to act better was wondering if you guys would even consider it. Not for the dividend, just for the value. Thank you. Okay, Mobile Telesis, headquarters in Russia, a Russian provider of digital wireless voice data services to 80 million subscribers in Russia and Ukraine. Okay, it's going to make 95 cents, or, or it did make 95 cents last year. It's going to make a five share this year. It's a $7.17 stock. So it's very reasonably priced. But the five-year P.E. range for this company is 6 to 11. So, you know, it's always been low price. Uh, return equity is very high. It's super high, 176%. Cash flow is very strong at $3.60. Management owns 1%. So the question is, it's Russian. Uh, do you want to be in a Russian stock? Well... You know, it's very reasonable price, but it's always been kind of low price. This stock has never been above $9 a share. Never been above 9 That was a high in 2000, uh, 
Well, I will take that back. Back in 2014, it got up to $14 a share. Since then, it got up to $9 a share in 2018, 2019, and 2020. Okay, so, eh, it's not for me. I don't want it because there's too much politics involved in owning this company. Too much politics. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4270. Inflation. We're really at about 7.5% current inflation. From 1973 to 1982, inflation averaged 8.8%. Okay, and it peaked in 1990, 19, I'm sorry, it peaked in 1980 at 13.5%. 13.5%. Remember, it's 7.5 now. During that time, we also had two recessions and we had stagflation. So, the stock market still survived. The, you know, things, you know, I, I just want to put it in perspective. Even though we, we have 0% interest at the Fed's fund rate, if it goes to 1%, is that going to really destroy the economy? No. No. Okay, inflation. If inflation is peaked now, if it starts to slow down from this peak, is it going to destroy the economy? No. You know what will destroy the economy? If the Fed gets too aggressive in raising rates. What's too aggressive? Well, I've read recently that people or experts, quote-unquote experts, say they might raise a rate seven or eight times at a quarter point each. Well, eight times will give you up to 2%. I don't think that's in this year. I think they'll stick with what they said they were going to do, and that was three to four times. So we might get up to 1% this year. If inflation continues to increase, if it does, they may get more aggressive. And if they get more aggressive, that will affect the stock market. But right now, the stock market has built into its prices that three or four percent, uh, three or four increases in the Fed funds rate. I don't think that is a problem. They're watching inflation numbers closely to see if it's more than than what the Fed expected and that they might do something about it. That's what they're looking for. Okay. Let's go to Edward in San Diego. Hi, Edward. Yes, hi, uh, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. You want to talk um, about Intel? I, yeah, I was looking uh, into Intel and I was wondering what your opinion is. Do you think at this price is going to be a value play? I would say yes. Okay, um, let me let me explain why. Uh, I don't think it's a. I do not think it's a deep value play, but I do think it has good value. Uh, they're going to make three dollars and sixty-five cents next year. It's a forty-five dollars stock. Okay, what's that? Thirteen PE. Okay, so is that is that too expensive? Well, the five-year range is 8 to 15, so it's kind of on the upper end, but that's a pretty low P.E. 15 has been its high-year, high, five-year high. I think that's pretty low for a company that has a return of equity of 25%, a cash flow of $8.39, and uh, it's, you know, there's a chip shortage out of there, out there. So I think the long-term Year, two years, three years outlook for chip companies is pretty strong. So I think, and then meanwhile, while you're waiting, they pay 3.2% dividend, and they don't have much debt. 
So I think I think it's a pretty good value bet, but it's not an extreme value. But it is a pretty good value bet. Now, if this thing went down to the low 30s, it would be a screaming value play. So just don't be in a hurry, Hagrid. Just take your time. Keep watching it. It's still going down. Just wait till it calms down. Thank you for the call. That's Intel, INTC, everybody. Okay, so how do we implement our strategies here at KPP? You know, um, we have a philosophy. We, we have a philosophy that we, you know, we implement. And our philosophy is we want to be on the same side of the table, the investment table, as our clients. You know, if the client is buying XYZ stock, we personally want to own XYZ stock at the same time, same price. And we call that parallel investing because we think it's only fair. Why would I tell somebody to buy something or why would I buy something for them that I wouldn't want to buy for myself? That's a, to me, that just doesn't make sense you know, because I'm looking for value. I'm expecting growth. If, if I'm so, if I am so... Um, unsure of a position that I'm putting in clients' portfolio, I shouldn't be putting them in the portfolio. So I need to be sure. So uh, to be sure, if I'm sure, I want to I own it. Makes sense to me. So we call that parallel investing. We do that here. You know, we give you unbiased guidance. We will help you no matter what. If you want us to take a look at your portfolio, we will give you our recommendations and see if you know, how risky it is, and we'll tell you, well, we'll have a nice conversation. We do not try to talk people into becoming a client. You don't have to worry about that. We just, and we will help you, no matter, you know, no matter if you become a client or not. It does not really matter. At this stage in my life, it does not really matter. Um, of course, I want you as clients. We want you as clients, but I don't want you to feel pressure. I don't want anybody to ever feel pressure to become a client. Okay, Justin and I have said many times, we appreciate our diverse audience. And in fact, we receive caller questions from across America and around the world. So let's take a question now, this time from a listener in Saudi Arabia. Hello, Justin and Steve. Thank you for this great program, uh, listening every day. This is Abdul from Saudi Arabia. I have a small position in iDynamics. The ticker symbol is I-D-E-X. I have a loss and, and um, confused what should I do. Should I accept the loss and go out or wait? And the second company, Salesforce, I know it's a good uh, company, but uh, I'm wondering what's a good point that could entry on this uh, stock. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. Uh, this is Idea, uh, not Economics, I, Ideanomics. Operates as an artificial intelligent and blockchain-powered fintech company. Doesn't make money, has never made money, for years now has not made money. Sales growth is increasing very nicely, okay, but it's a $492 million company that doesn't make money and the stock is collapsing down to uh, $0.99. Cents. I would not own this company. You know, I, I, from what I see here, it just doesn't make any sense to own this company. Mutual funds are buying it, though. Management owns 3%. So... You could just hold on and put it away in a drawer and forget about it if you didn't if you didn't expose too much money to it. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now. 
888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Hello, Stephen Justin. I have a question about mandatory reorganization and mandatory cash merger. I owned Vedanta Limited, and I believe that they were delisted and they haven't shown on my Ameritrade account for a little while now. And I had planned to call Ameritrade and figure out what my options were. And then just the other day, I received, I had a fee for a mandatory reorganization fee. And then I got money into my account because it said mandatory cash merger. I'm not entirely sure what that is. I've tried to Google that and Vedanta News and haven't found anything online. So I wondered if you might be able to shed some light on it. Thank you. Okay, when you become delisted, what she's referring to there is it no longer is uh, traded on a exchange. The company, either New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ Exchange, delisted, meaning kicked them off their exchange. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that there's not a value of the stock or it's not still trading, but it would be trading on what we call the pink sheets or over-the-counter. To get those quotes, you've got to make a phone call and talk to somebody at your custodian and to find out what's the current bid and ask price, you know, to tell you what the price is. Usually that's what happens when it's delisted. Why do they delist it? Delist a company? Because they don't meet the minimum requirements to be listed on that exchange. One of those real requirements is a certain price of the stock. Another is a certain financial criteria that they've established, you know, getting... Uh, General County Principals criteria. So, uh, so it was delisted. Then she got notification from them that they were reorganized, and all that, and some money came into her account. I cannot tell you what that happened. I cannot tell you what happened there, because I, I'd have to know what the what the deal was. I mean, why are they reorganizing? Who are they? Who's making them do the reorganization? Because the stock exchange, the New York or the Nasdaq wouldn't do that. Did they file for bankruptcy? It kind of sounds like they did file for bankruptcy to me. And that maybe the court ordered the reorganization and disbursement of cash to you or to the shareholders. So that's, it's difficult to know without knowing the specifics. I can't answer the question. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's our, that's our number. Existing home sales jumped by 6.7% in January. Okay, 6.5 million, the highest amount number in 12 months. Okay, um, <clears throat> why? Buyers assume the buyers got nervous that interest rates are rising. 30-year 30 30 mortgages are up to near 4% now. <clears throat> I haven't seen that in a long time. So there, that probably would, probably is a driver, a main driver of sales of existing homes. People wanting to buy and get in as fast as possible. Okay, so 
I don't think this is a number that we can say, oh, good, the housing market is getting stronger. Um, I don't know if this is going to last. We'll see in the next month or two, but I just don't think so because what's driving it is a short-term thing. I mean, I'm more concerned. What what happens if mortgage rates are 5% or 6%? Mind you, that's normal. Those are even below normal mortgage rates, 5%, 6%. That's normal. That's below normal. We've just been at an extreme low that everybody's gotten used to thinking that that's the normal. The younger people think that's normal, 2 3%. No. No. Back in the 1980, uh, I paid 12 and a quarter percent, 30 year fixed. That was during that huge inflationary period between 73 and 82. So <clears throat> we're just, the market's, tr- the, the Fed is trying to unwind itself from the extreme interference it has been partaking in the economy over the last number of years. They're trying to unwind that slow as possible not to affect the economy too much. That's what they're trying to do. I'm CP, so this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Okay, um, we are closing in on 39 million downloads. Get yours anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and please be sure to review us if you listen to us on iTunes. Your positive rating helps our profile. We love that. So thank you very much. Independent thing is your success. This is Met Talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.